0: Playing stuff, she sees his dick. He's, she's like, "Oh my god!"
1: <laughs> what makes me, you know, feel a type of way that Anthony is hung?
2: Yeah.
0: Or she's never seen a dick before. Okay, fine. <laughs> Shut up, man. You have to kill it. back to another episode of romancing the monsters i'm em hi ms I'm, I'm Seth. and this week we read the viscount who loved me by julia quinn i don't know what should i say anything else i
1: mean like we could say it's anthony's story so from bridgerton if you're yeah. just watching the tv show it's the eldest bridgerton story
0: yes so Seth, what is this book about beyond just anthony and kate uh well, I mean... Well, I mean, maybe not beyond that, because it's pretty much the whole <laughs> plot, but... Um,
1: okay, so we start the book off by meeting Kate and her sister Edwina, and um, they're reading Lady Whistledan's newest edition, um, you know, as everyone does in the ton, um, and it focuses on Viscount Bridgerton and his rakish ways, and uh, Kate's firmly in the I'm-not-gonna-get-married-this-season-or-if- Ever, I'm never gonna get married. So she's more like looking for a husband for her younger sister, who is the season's incomparable. She's like the diamond of the season. Um, and she tells her sister, You are not marrying Anthony Bridgerton. That is never gonna happen because he's a rake and he's a rogue, and that's never gonna happen. Cut to um, a ball and
0: um, Mr. Colin Bridgerton, matchmaker extraordinaire. Ugh,
1: I love <laughs> Colin
0: in this book. I um, love him. <laughs> Um
1: Kate, she sees Anthony and her sister Edwina dancing and like she's fuming mad, and then Colin comes and he like starts talking to her and like he like, she's just not mincing words. She's Kate. Um, unapologetically unap- Kate. Um and then Anthony decides to uh talk to his brother
0: Colin and Colin's like, you know what, bro, you gotta meet Kate. Um <laughs> I mean, he's like, she's so kind. She can't stop talking about you. I mean, she's going to love you. Yeah.
1: And at this point, everyone in the ton knows that they have to go through Kate in order to win her approval to court Edwina. Um, And so Anthony's like, all right. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Anthony decided this was the year that he was going to get married because he needs an heir. Um, Because he is the eldest son, and he's like any woman would do. I'll go for the the most beautiful one, which is the season's incomparable, which is Edwina.
0: Well, Uh, I mean, hold on a minute. He says she's got to be beautiful because, like, you know, makes things easier for him. Sure. Uh, Then he's like, she's got to be intelligent because he doesn't want half wit who's gonna, you know, (laughs) produce stupid children. Yeah, and then he's like. She has to be a woman who I cannot, under any circumstances, fall All in love, in love with, with. Because,
1: oh, because oh, so okay. The prologue I kind of skipped it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got Which a is flashback. Kind of huge. <laughs> <laughs> we got a flashback with um, you know, the dad, the Bridgerton dad, um, Edmund. yeah, <laughs> Edmund. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm and such we a good we dog. got to see how amazing he was as a father and like how loving he was and caring for his children. Um, sadly, he passed away by a bee sting. And back then, they didn't really know um, allergies to bees were a thing. Um, and he was only 38 or 39 at that point, and he died. And a lot of people just didn't understand how that happened. Um, so Anthony had vowed that he would never fall in love um, because it would just be harder to leave because he believes that he would die at the same age as his father or than. But he could than. never
0: surpass his father in yeah. any way shape or form including yeah. the number of years that his father has lived.
1: Exactly. Um, and so yeah he just didn't want to leave someone who loves him and also he does it just it would be hard to leave someone that
0: did and someone Because that he, he loved. saw what it did to his mom.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um anyways so he decided that this was the year and he decided on Edwina because he didn't ever see him possibly ever falling in love with her. Um Anyways It starts off at the ball, and we finally get to see Kate and Anthony and their (laughs) amazing, bickering nature. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the story just goes from there. And we see them get closer, but also continue to quote-unquote hate each other. Um, She gets compromised because this man decides to uh, suck Suck on her titties. Yeah, There you go. (laughs) um and they have to get married and oh let's see it kind of sucks because this is a woman that he saw himself falling in love with so he's kind of doing what he said he wasn't gonna do um
0: so what did you think of this book first off this is my third time reading it it's <laughs> Seth's second time reading it yes. and it's S first time first reading time. it so you got three perspectives here oh yeah ladies and gents <laughs> Uh, so let's start with s okay so marge is like hiding under her cover right now i
2: know um no i'm not (laughs) i don't know this was a hard book to rate and i think it's mainly because it was hard to get into in the beginning yeah and i mentioned i mentioned to you girls that it was the audiobook was i don't know it just it it felt weird and i felt disconnected from the story
0: Hmm. okay
2: i didn't really like anthony like it. It took me a. He's he <laughs> is an asshole. He yeah, is. And it, and it has took me to a long said. time to kind of like warm up to him. Um, I loved Kate.
0: Mm-hmm. I really
2: freaking loved her. She's great. And then there were some issues throughout the story that were just kind of annoying. We'll get into those later on because it's kind of it's it's throughout the story. So I want to say that maybe I started to really really enjoy it up
0: until like maybe the seventy percent. That is so strange because. For me, and I'm sorry, I'm skipping over Youssef. <laughs> when are you <laughs> She's not? She's rolling her eyes. What do you mean? When do you not? <laughs> Excuse me. What does okay, that mean, go. You're, you're cutting into um, my time here. It's it's really weird because for me, it's it's actually the opposite. Like I find this book extremely easy to fall into. Like the the banter from page one is just so great. Like Kate with her family. Um, you know, the prologue is really engaging Kate with Anthony, obviously, and like their whole thing. And for me, the book starts, um, losing some of its, I don't know, like fire, I guess you could say, um, at like 65%, like after they get married that, that for me is always, there's always a part from 65 to 85 or so where I'm like less, like enjoying it less Mm -hmm. because, I feel like the banter is not as present between them because obviously, like, they kind of caught feelings by that point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, they're not being as bantery with each other, but bantery is not a word, I'm pretty sure, but whatever. Um, we make it so, a word here. Yeah. So, So. anyway. Interesting. Okay. I like it. I, I like that we, we got different perspectives. Did you like it
1: overall, again, the third time reading it?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. I... I just I forget every time just how great their banter is. Mm. Like I just I really think like this book is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. But I really do think that the strength of it is in the banter. Like
2: exactly.
0: I just yeah. I, for me anyway, the characters really do come alive in those scenes together. Yeah. And the thing is, the second time I read it, I I did the audiobook like S did, and I felt that sort of, like like that same sort of. Det- attachment from what was going on from the audiobook Mm -hmm. um I remember you said as that it was like more uh towel than show Mm -hmm. and I I felt that way when I did the audiobook but I didn't feel that way when I read it so I don't know something to keep in mind maybe it's just not a great audiobook
1: sorry I wonder if it's like you said that you know because the banter is like the heart of the story was she executing it as well as you read it or like as well as you imagine it
0: uh, Rosalind Landor is really good with the banter okay. and like Julia Quinn has banter in all her books like she she's known for it so like she knows that yeah okay, okay. um so I don't know but I, I I just I find it interesting that like both s and I have that feeling yeah with the audiobook yeah Uh, yeah what about you Seth well what I did didn't you you
1: think I didn't try the audiobook um, at all <laughs> it was just like let me just go into my book um and I kind of had a real struggle getting into the book and I think it was yeah I I remember clearly it was like 22% and I was at 22% um since Wednesday and I was kind of going to message you girls and be like I don't think I'll finish it by Friday um (laughs) and then it kind of got uh really like I don't even know by like I guess after the 22 like so once I picked it up again I got really into it again and like I really liked the story, and I liked Anthony and Kate, and, like, my rating still stayed the same. I think it was at a 3.5 on Goodreads, and I think I just rounded it up to a 4 star. Um, And anyways, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, overall, a very good story with good characters, and, like, we talked about before, good banter. Um, Anthony's character, yes, (laughs) he was such an asshole, but, like, I just... I like the realism because, his, I don't know, his mentality kind of matched that time period. And, like, he kind of, like, the reason why he was an asshole was because of his own, like, thought process and it wasn't, like, anything else. um I don't know how to explain it, but Kate just stole the show. And Newton. Newton stole the show. He needs... We need a Newton in the in the show. Absolutely.
0: If he's not there, we riot.
1: Yeah. No, Newton had my heart.
0: I mean, Anthony is, like... He's an asshole, sure. But sometimes it's like he does sweet, soft things and he surprises himself even. Yeah. Like, he will, like, reach out and, like, touch her hair and be like, I don't know why I just did that, but I felt like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like he's sort of realizing another side of himself. Because he's never let
1: himself act that way towards the opposite sex. He's never let himself get that
2: close. So I I have a question. Yeah. So, I, I, you mentioned that Anthony has never gotten close to anyone. How is it in the first book with him and the singer?
0: Uh, a one-line. A one-line thing, probably. Oh. He's... Okay. It's absolutely not like it is in the show. They really took that one line and they were like, we're going with it. Okay. <laughs> we we're, like, weaving this whole story. Which actually is one of my questions, which I don't know if you guys want to get into it now or we later could. on when we... Uh, well, it's a question about, like, how... it's. It's a question about, like, how do you think... Because obviously she's much more present in this book or not necessarily... I mean, she she is actually technically present, but you know what I mean? Like, it's still like a chapter or so. Maria, you're talking about the opera singer? Yeah, Sienna slash Maria, depending on the show or the book. So essentially my question is, how do you think they're going to tackle the whole Sienna slash Antony thing in season two considering it was you know such a huge part of well not a huge part but such you know it was a part of anthony's story in season one and they you know ended the season with them sort of saying goodbye so do you think they're gonna bring it back for season two and how i kind of
1: think she will because if i know shonda rhymes i know she likes the drama um, so what I think is going to happen, I think literally how it ha- plays out in the book where, like, you know, Kate's going to the concert at their house, and then we see Anthony, like, with this Maria opera singer girl, and I think what's going to happen, I think they're going to play on, like, the whole angst level, like, he's going to see Sienna after, like, a year apart, and, like, the audience is going to expect him to, like, want to be with Sienna and, like, you know, try to, like, explore that, but then, like, obviously Kate kind of seals the show when she's under the table, and... I don't know I just (laughs) I think it'll be angsty in that sense where like people expect him to go after her and like he might have some hurt feelings or like just feel a type of way if he sees her again um but I I think she will be in it I don't see her not being in it
2: I mean I wouldn't mind like what you
0: described no I don't want her at all but I think
1: she will be in it (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I kind of want her to be there just for the drama because we all know that it's not going to go anywhere because it doesn't mm-hmm. even go anywhere in this book. Like, yeah. Anthony's like, he tries, but he's like, God he damn smells it, I can't get my mind off of Kate. <laughs> he smells Kate. Like, does he have some kind of like special power? Like, who smells people that much? Like, well, because perfume she was wasn't under really a his thing. Desk. Well, but he's like, oh, I smell soap. I'm like, when yeah. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I smell soap when, like, I. <laughs> sorry <laughs> i just like i just showered so much. Like, She's sniffing herself i don't i don't smell my soap either unless someone's wearing like a lot of perfume you don't really smell them am That's i insane it. like am I, do i have a bad nose i don't know unless you're like really 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 close unless you
1: know it's like Westcliff and the where like oh. he was really sniffing oh, yeah. her up so maybe it's the same case when you find your soulmate you kind of keep you know you know the
0: scent the eroticism of scents. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird okay let's dive into the story the first scene i want to talk about is the serpentine scene (laughs) because it is so funny um essentially it starts with anthony who pays a visit to the uh, the sheffield household wanting to see edwina who he thinks he's courting um, but instead, he sort of stumbles upon Kate. Um, God knows where Mary is and all this, <laughs> but he stumbles upon Kate. And oh my God, by the way, he brings with him three bouquets of flowers. And he's like, one for you, one for Mary, one for Edwina. And Kate has never received flowers in her life, guys. I know. <laughs> and anyway, Edwina's not there because she's at the park um, with... is it nigel burbrook (laughs) yes nigel burbrook who i think they kind of changed his character in the in the show in the show they did yeah he's much more evil in the show yeah in the books he was just like this half-wit funny guy that's just desperate for a wife Um anyway, so Edwina's not there and then uh, Newton comes around and you know does what Newton does, which is essentially to bring about chaos and destruction. Yeah. And so Kate is like I got to walk this dog and um Mary is like ooh, an <laughs> opportunity for matchmaking. So she's <laughs> like she sends Anthony and Kate to the park together to walk Newton and uh all hell breaks loose. Literally. Much. It's it's, it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. Antony ends up well. Actually, Edwina ends up in you know the serpentine, drenched in water. Antony is like so fucking mad. That part annoyed me a little. He's like I'm gonna kill you. I could not stop
1: laughing, and like I'm pretty sure he would commit bloody murder if he could have at that point. He would
0: have wrung her neck. Yeah, it was so funny. Um, and by her, Berbrook is like I don't know what happened. Anyway, I love that scene so, so much. Uh, okay, for that speak. scene,
1: you know, when they're, like, running, like, Anthony decides, oh, fuck it, I'm going to have to run after this damn yeah. dog. I'm literally just picturing his, like, tailcoat, like, just, like, in the wind, <laughs> and, like, he's, like, running, and, like, everyone's watching this Viscount, and everyone's like, what the heck, The scandal? And, like, I just couldn't stop laughing. I, I don't know. I think think because I have a visual of, like, who is playing them, I kind of yeah. saw it more as, like, A movie in my head so like I couldn't stop laughing because I actually visualized what was happening with the same actors
0: that was really fun actually of being able to picture faces as you're reading yes I also just love the moment when um she sees Kate realizes that Anthony's running after her dog and she's like well, we're already causing a scene. Yeah. So then she picks up her skirt so she's yeah, and she like picks up Fuck it. I gotta run too and tell if anyone sees my ankles. <laughs> comedy gold, ladies and gents. Comedy gold. Yeah.
1: Then that scene needs to be in the in the show for sure. Oh,
0: please. Please. I just I I mean we all need to see uh Anthony just drenched in water. You know why not have a little uh, Darcy moment? Yeah.
1: No, I and mean, we also need to see him lose it because I feel like he's so calm yeah. and collected in the show, minus like the scenes with Sienna, that like it'll be such a change for people to see him so angry. Uh, seeing him brought down to
0: such a humiliating low <laughs> by a dog and a woman. By a dog. It's a wonder he hasn't killed a dog, honestly. I'm surprised that he accepted for Newton to live with them. right? (laughs) I was kind of shocked. Because they're married. (laughs) Oh, another question I have, actually, is um, how did you guys feel about the addition of, like, the gossipy inserts at the beginning of each chapter? Like, the Lady Whistledown inserts? uh because you know that's step's not necessarily something that you see in every book so I just wonder how did you guys like it because sometimes it sort of foreshadows what's gonna happen sometimes it's like more of just chit chat about like what's up in town or yeah so yeah how do you, how do you guys like that I didn't think much of it I mean it was just it was just I don't know
2: like I didn't mind it but I didn't have much thoughts about it did you read them I I heard them Right? At the beginning
1: of the... Oh, okay. oh yeah. yeah. Um, for me, because I was reading them, I kind of just, like, glossed over it and kept reading. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of felt, like you said, they, I saw them as spoilers <laughs> more, say. like Sometimes
0: they are, yeah. Yeah, like,
1: I already was, like, the Serpentine scene again, going back to that, like, the snippet at the beginning from Lady Whistledown was basically explaining what kind of happened. And I knew vaguely what happened because I remembered... I read it so long ago but I still remembered um, so yeah I kind of just glossed over them um, and yeah I liked it I thought it was a unique addition to the story though I really do is like it. Is that how it is in every that... book?
0: Uh, yeah I believe so Yeah, Even after you know uh, who
1: Lady Whistledown is it's still like that?
0: I think so yeah I think it just became a part of the series like just you know because what's, what's a Bridgerton book without the Lady yeah. Whistledown stuff at the beginning you know but it's interesting i heard um julia quinn talk about like why she added that yeah and the whole reason was that she needed a way to info dump without info dumping that's actually a smart idea yeah because she was like i can't stand when characters are like my name is Daphne Bridgerton, and I have seven siblings. We are all named in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, nothing's worse than that in a book. So she was like, how can I tell the readers what I need to tell them without having my characters just being so self-aware that they're yeah. like, here's my life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually do like that addition.
0: Yeah, and I think it works really well. Um, the only place I don't like it, because, again, spoilers, is like the – the one chapter where the bee sting happens, at the beginning it, like, literally tells you that a scandal's about to Mm -hmm. happen. And I'm like, no, don't tell me that. (laughs) Even though I've read it three times and I know it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) But also I
1: think in instances, I kind of found it kind of, I don't know, I'm not making sense, but (laughs) I found it kind of a nuisance when the story was not getting intense, but, like, it was getting more... I don't
0: know exciting exciting and you get cut off by yes yeah that's exactly yeah. What, no, what I was I trying to feel say that way too yeah all right and then um we should talk about a somewhat um controversial scene I guess some people don't see any issues with it some people hate it what scene <laughs> the office scene when oh. Kate is hiding under the desk and Anthony comes in, he's with Sienna slash not Sienna in this book. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. And um, they start talking. Obviously he doesn't know that Kate is that Kate is there because Kate was in the hallway and she heard him coming and she so she hid and didn't yeah. know that this was his office. And anyway, um, and then they have this whole thing where Anthony um got himself a drink turns around sees kate under the desk and he's like what the fuck (laughs) kate is like in a little ball trying to hide um and then without telling sienna like he approaches and kate like (laughs) this girl was like hanging for deal life onto that man's leg (laughs) and bit his leg (laughs) well i mean he says bit but i'm pretty sure it was just her nails no. I mean, Surely she, she wasn't biting him. Um, you're forgetting. So his hand, his feet
1: were on her hands or one of her hands. So she didn't have her hands free.
0: So she was biting so his leg. Was, yeah. She was biting his knee, you no. Know, oh, that's something right. Something like that around there? She was biting the fuck out of him. And then and he then he kicks her. Yeah. And then she she what does she do? She does she does something else. Anyway, she hits him somewhere, someplace. Again, they're being real violent with each other. <laughs> Anyways, the whole, like, controversy around that scene is that some people hate that Anthony kicks her, but it's like, doesn't she do the same in return? Like?
1: I'm pretty sure she was gonna, like, draw blood from biting him as hard as yeah. she did.
0: Right? Like I just why do people constantly just zoom in on the fact that he kicked her? I'm like, this bitch was biting the fuck out of him and then she she kicked him or, or hit him right after. And it's a like, reflex. I feel like it
2: was a reaction, no? Like a it's a reaction. Someone's biting you, so you yeah, can't. Yeah, it's out. a reflex. Yeah, that's how I saw it.
0: Like to me to me it's they have that relationship where it's just like they give each other as good as mm-hmm. they get. Yeah. So and i think we're
1: also not Equal mentioning his it was in his perspective and like the dialogue yeah. his inner dialogue was saying like he felt no pleasure in hitting a woman yeah. um so i think we also need to recognize that and like he just didn't do it to hurt her he just honestly i think it was a reflex yeah. like you said as like that's I, it,
0: it it, and, like, if you pay attention to the words that she's using, there's nothing that says he kicks her hard. It, it literally just says he kicks her. But when it's Kate, it's like she bites yeah. hard. she's She she kicks hard, yeah. whatever. Like, it's... So there's definitely, like, a difference. And to me, I don't see why people scream abuse over that scene. No. Like I really don't get it. I, to me, it's just humorous of, like, them, you know, trying not get not to get caught and... You know, Kate I just just think that's a freaking funny out. Scene. It is. I really hope they keep it. That's cause... one thing I
2: hope they keep as well. Like, where is this? Like, uh, like these comments like on Goodreads like where people say that they hate the scene or
0: what or like it's just comments uh, yeah or just in general when people are talking about this book but even, even if you go on Goodreads you'll find reviews where it's like one star abuse oh, <laughs> and then the people in the the review are like oh he kicks her what the fuck yeah. like that's so yeah
1: okay that's yeah. just i feel like being too sensitive i'm sorry i just i don't know if anything i feel like people can find an issue with what happens afterwards where he basically he kisses her, yeah, but then he like you know his emotions are kind of getting, you know, um, up the there, and he's starting to recognize. He's scared. Yeah, yeah, he's scared, and like that causes him to lash out verbally, which I guess it was like it was harsh what he said, and also the way that he kind of just threw throws the, key, the
0: key, knowing yeah, that's that more
1: mean. Yeah, he threw the key knowing that she wouldn't be able to catch it, knowing that she would she would see it as a humiliation. Um, bending down to pick up the key that he fully knew that. It was gonna end up on the ground. I thought that was more "quote unquote" abusive, if you want to use that word. Um, yeah. than the kick to the well, stomach. I mean, no, but
0: yeah, it's not abuse. Maybe mentally, emotionally, yeah. I guess you could say, but not. If we're being nitpicky, <sighs> but we're not. They've e- like you said, they kind of give as
1: good as they get, and she's also been really awful to him. And it's like, of course, we know internally he's struggling. Um, and he does apologize afterwards. Um,
0: but, yeah, I don't know. I just, like, I think people are being too sensitive when it I, comes to I that. I think the whole scene, like, from the very beginning of that chapter, you see, he's already talking in his head about, like, how she's already made her way into his mind. And that scares him. And he's like, why can't I stop thinking about her I don't like this blah blah blah. and then she happens to be there which is like now she's like invading her his space not just his you know thoughts Mm -hmm. and they have that like verbal and physical sparring and then you know they they get into this argument and i think that by that point he's just really scared he's just really mad at himself because he's reacting to her in a way that he's never reacted to anyone else. In a way he never he promised wanted to himself react to he someone. wouldn't. Yeah. And. I mean, it's a man driven by his fear. Yeah. That's what he is. Like, that's what Anthony is at the bottom line. is like, every time he's mean, it's because deep down, he's scared. Mm -hmm. Not because he's actually mad at the person or he's mad that he's reacting to the person type of thing.
1: And his trauma runs deep. And I feel like as readers and as like just people in general, we also need to recognize he was going through a lot and he was traumatized by a lot. And it wasn't just Kate that was going through things. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like as for Anthony, he puts on a strong front and we kind of take it as it is and we don't expect him to do things that are questionable or like to do things that, you know, um, portray his traumas. And I think in this case, I don't know where I was going with that, but he is traumatized and I think as readers we should recognize that he was going through a lot of things. And it wasn't just Kate that was going through her things as well.
0: And I like what you said about like how he's he's written like a man of his time. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Like he has no need to apologize to her. He has no need to be, you know, kind to her. He, you know, patriarchy was like going real well at that yeah. time. <laughs> like so <laughs> He, he had the world at his feet, so he had no, I don't know, like, I just, but because Kate, um, he slowly starts to change. Yeah. And he, you do see that in him, and I love that the next scene, I think it's the next scene anyway, um, it's the party, or the not the party, the, you know, gathering mm-hmm. type of thing at his um, Aubrey Hall. Yeah, country house. And the first thing he wants to do is apologize. Yeah. yeah. which is a huge change for him, like to me anyway, it it marked like a a growth for him because it was like right away he recognized I did the wrong thing. I hate myself for what I did to her. She didn't deserve that. She deserves better. She deserves an apology. And so he does. And he he actually um, because she's in a garden because, you know, um, Lady Bridgerton is just as much of a matchmaker as um, Kate's mother stepmother um so she's in the garden and he follows her and he apologizes how Mm -hmm. what did you think of of that scene because i think it's the start of a friendship between them it was huh like i feel like that was a turning point for them
2: but i don't know up until then like i feel like i was still warming up to him
0: even though he was Mm. hmm. but i think that's normal though because like up up until then what what has he done to make you love him nothing yeah And Kate doesn't love him. Kate Kate, Kate doesn't like him at that point either. So it's like, I don't necessarily think you're meant to like him at that point.
1: No, I really enjoyed that scene. And I loved their scenes in the garden. I felt like they were, that was when they were their most real self. And like the first time, like you said, was like when he apologized and like they had that discussion. And I think that's when they labeled them as like friends. Like they were friends to Mm -hmm. each other. And I really, like, I don't know, I just liked seeing that side of them. And I liked that scene. And like you said, it was a turning point for Anthony, but also for Kate as well. Like, her her shields kind of dropped for a second. And, like, of course, yes, he goes back to saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get Edwina and bring her to the field so we can play the game. Um, but, like, when they're just strictly just them two in the garden, it was very much raw and real and them.
0: Yeah, it's like they for the first time allowed themselves to to not protect themselves with like mean comments and you know what i mean like because i do think for both of them it's kind of like a shield Mm. you know they use oh yeah they're very witty but they use their wit to shield themselves from people yeah and to keep a distance i think and i think that for that conversation is one of the first times where it's like They don't have that. They're just being honest with each other. And they're like, you know what? Maybe maybe you're not that bad. I don't like you, but you're not that bad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Colin mentions it. And he's like, you and Anthony to Kate, you guys are the same person. Like, you are so similar. And it's so true. They are both elders. They both feel like they have to protect their, their siblings. And just their personality and, like, their own struggles, internal struggles, are quite similar. And, yeah, they are basically struggling the same struggle sometimes um but yeah they were the same person
0: following the garden scene is the <laughs> iconic palm wall scene <laughs> in which um Kate the mallet the of death of debt. <laughs> Just great. that's that's one scene i would love to see on the show uh, they better well actually julia quinn did say that like if she vetoes anything in the script it's like, that like that better yeah. be in the script or else she's like nope it scrap needs that. to be start over it has to be. It's com- Like it's perfect. It was written
1: yeah. for TV, I feel yeah. like. Sadly, Reggae won't be in it to play Simon. Um, Maybe Benedict will join. Ooh, I would not be, be mad there. with that. I would so be fine with another Bridgerton boy yeah. um, taking his spot in the Pal- Mall scene. Pal- Mall. yeah. Um, so I'd be fine. I think Bridgerton, the Bridgerton boys, um, they are very competitive, and I would love to see another cool. Bridgerton boy. Yeah you know, fight the fight of the palm mall. I
0: just, I love the moment where Kate is like, can I have a practice, like a practice, um, yeah. not throw, but like a practice, What what's it called? Hit. Hit, yeah, like a practice hit. And, and everyone turns to her and they're like, no. And then Simon just looks over and he's like,
1: um... <laughs> Yeah, because he's never played it either. And like Kate and Simon kind of bonded here because they're like, we're both not Bridgertons. Like, we don't know what's going on. Why are they so hateful to each other? And like, why is the objective to get Anthony to lose?
0: <laughs> or or when uh, Anthony's ball hits the tree and then Kate's ball hits the same tree yes. and falls right next to it. And Daphne goes, oh, Lord. <laughs> and Kate yeah. is like, what? What? what's gonna happen Daphne's like you'll see
2: (laughs) (laughs) but I love that they didn't really they didn't like baby her like they didn't they weren't easy on her since that was her first time no No. they were like bitch this is this this is our game this
0: is our family game we're violent if we have to be yeah that's it I love it. it yeah yeah. Love And it. then it ends with uh, Kate throwing uh, Anthony's ball into the lake. and <laughs> He loses! <laughs>
1: and what? they're like, you know what, Kate, just for that shot, you're the winner. <laughs> I loved how um, Anthony was like, because he saw her mind working, and he's like, you know, if you do this, you won't win. And she's like, I don't have a chance of winning anyway. Care. And she goes, and she hits it right
0: <laughs> into the lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And he was so angry.
0: It was so funny. And they do have, like, again, like, a little bonding moment afterwards. Like, even though, like, that's where you see that, yeah, sure, he's competitive. He can get angry. But, like, at that point, even though he's angry that he lost because he's a sore loser, mm-hmm. um, he's still, like, he's not being mean to her. No. Like, he's just being playful. And, like, afterwards, they're fine mm-hmm. with each other. And they have that little moment in the shed. Yeah. Um, anyways. <clears throat> Which also kind of unrelated, but kind of related. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but Daphne is pregnant in this book. Yeah. With the first baby. So I don't, again, that's like, I guess maybe they knew that something might happen with um, Daphne and Simon not being in season two as much because they had the baby at the end of season one. Um, So I guess Daphne wouldn't be pregnant here. I don't
1: remember what the epilogue was for uh, the
0: Duke and I. Was it the pregnancy? Uh, well, I mean, I think the epilogues always jump ahead, right, so I do yes, think it yes. was them having uh, having a baby. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe having their second baby. Actually, I don't know. Okay. Um, anywho, and then. They have that scene because, you know, thunder is coming. It's starting oh, to yeah. rain. Kate, Kate gets really anxious. Antony doesn't know that she has a fear of, of thunder and lightning yeah. and stuff. And he finds and her under his table,
1: under his desk. Oh, again.
0: actually, before then, is, is it before then that you, you have the scene where they're going to dinner and Penelope is yeah. getting like... That okay. was a nice scene I Anyone wants to take it over? I feel like I'm talking a lot. Anyone wants to that talk was about That was a good scene? scene.
2: That was a scene where
1: I started with like, okay, maybe he's not that bad. Where he <laughs> All right, can you can you say it? What the so scene that was, was the
2: scene where what's her name? The mean girl, uh, Cressida. Cressida was you know, bitchess Cressida. Cressida. She was talking shit about uh, Penelope and her dress, right? Her dress. Yeah, um, her and a little group of friends were just talking shit. And then this other guy comes up and, like, looks at her up and down, right? He, he looks at her up and down, like, with yeah. disgust. Yeah, another piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, and here comes Anthony, and I guess he overhears, and he turns, and he kind of, like, dogs all of them and escorts Penelope inside. Mm-hmm. So I really love that scene.
0: which is n- Which goes against the custom, mm-hmm. because he should be accompanying the highest ranking yeah. woman in the room but instead he goes in with Penelope because yeah. she was a made point.
1: and I love how um Kate called him a hero yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's the last line of the chapter she's like he was a hero yeah. <laughs> that's so cute I love that because I do think it means a lot to Kate who has always felt like she was second to everyone yes you know she doesn't have a whole lot of self-esteem and I think that it was sort of important for her to see him act that way towards someone else who wasn't mm-hmm. her. Cause I do think that that's like, it makes a difference. You know what I mean? Like it shows his true character. Like he's not oh, doing yeah. that for Edwina. He's not doing that for any reason other than he wanted to help Penelope because he knew that was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, hates Cressida as much as everyone yeah. else. <laughs> so <laughs> just want, I really want Cressida to get into like a huge scandal. I need that to happen and then
1: she has to marry like the nastiest burbrook like I want her to marry burbrook <laughs> misogynistic piece of shit ever and she's forced to marry
0: that yeah I need it. I don't understand why she doesn't marry that guy that's like just as ugly on the inside as she is. Like how about you guys just go off and yeah. be mean to each other for the rest of your lives. What was his social standing? Like what was his title? I don't know because she's I don't know. She's after princes now, I guess, right. so maybe he's beneath her i hate how she's probably going to be in season two for sure yeah uh, for sure oh. she's in all the books okay. <laughs> so like we're not rid of that woman um anyway and that leads now it's the thunderstorm yeah and that leads into the next scene which is kate it's late at night she can't sleep the, it's raining outside and so she goes to the library for a book which is such a weird thing when you think about it. Have you guys ever thought about that? How people would just go into other people's libraries and like get a book. I would <laughs> and, never like, be. You able don't do to that know. nowadays. You don't touch my books. No. No. <laughs> um, but while she's there, um, the lightning and thunder, you know, starts, and she gets really scared, and she hides under a table. Which Kate does a lot of hiding under <laughs> under things in this <laughs> book um and Anthony walks by and he sees um a candle that's lit and he's like what the fuck someone left a candle in the library like how dumb are you (laughs) which is so true again like I never thought about that um anyways and he finds Kate you know curled under a table frightened and he sits under the table with her. And as he comes her. And holds her, her hand, <laughs> and he's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm here.
2: I know, he's adorable. It's a really sweet scene. I love that scene.
1: Was that, like, another, like another switch for yeah, you? Yeah, it was.
2: It really was. So I was like, okay, he's not that bad. He's starting to change. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I really liked that scene, and I love how, like, we saw her trauma, and, like, not like that we saw it, but I like how it was dealt with, and I liked how... Like, he wasn't making fun of her being afraid of the thunderstorms. Like, because he he has his own fears. He has his own fears that can't be really explained or anything. And he just, he recognizes that and he respects that. And he respects her and helps her through it. And I loved that. And also what happens later on when they're married, he helps her through that again. And he's like, you know what, Kate? You need to go talk to your stepmom to find out what's going on. Because this is more than just a fear. This is something happened. And then when we find out what happened... Um, which basically hit, her mom passed away during a violent thunderstorm. Um, and that fear carried with her. Like, she was only three years old, and that fear has carried, you know, she's carried it since since then. She's 21 now. And, yeah, it was just, like, it was a tough thing to read about. And, like, you know, her experiencing her mom's death and witnessing how her mom died, and it was a violent death. She, ha- she was sick. Um, yeah, I just thought it was, like, it was well done. Her trauma and her fears were really well done, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think the expectation is actually that when you go into that book that the most of the focus is going to be on Anthony's trauma, which it is to a certain extent. But I I do love that Julia Quinn sort of still gives both characters enough yeah of a story, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's not just Anthony's drama. It's like, no, here's Kate, a fully developed you know, character who has a story of her own. And these two people are going to bond over (laughs) their, you know, phobias together. And it's, it's cute. I love that scene. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it speaks volume that, because she asks him to talk about his dad. And like, that's the last thing he wants to do. Yeah. You know, and he does it. He actually does talk about his dad and then she shares hers. And he's like, does it ever like is it harder to lose a parent when you've known him or if you haven't and she she has this whole thing which I really love like the whole concept of even though she lost her mom when she was three she was like you do you do feel lost for those people even though you haven't known them yeah you know like I just I I don't know it was a it was an interesting concept for sure Mm -hmm. um and
1: then... Oh, okay, the last thing I really kind of wanted to talk about in terms of, like, the plot was... um, I think it was after that point, and, like, they've solidified their friendship bond um, because, obviously, we know Anthony won't let it go any further um, at that point, and she allows him to court Edwina, and, like, his... Ch- like, his... The words that he's used, he's like, my chest, like, hollowed out. Like, it was just... He was taken aback. He was shocked that, like... What? Like, she doesn't feel the same way? Like, it was like, I was like, my angst, like, whew! Like, it was just going up because, like, yeah, it hurt him that she, like, he thought that she didn't feel the same way for him. But, like, at that point, we know that Kate wanted Anthony for herself. But she, obviously, she thought that he would never want her. Which, okay, I kind of was a little bit peeved that, like, we kind of didn't see that continue. Like, you know, he is allowed to pursue Edwina now. I kind of wanted that to, like, I don't know, maybe a chapter or two of that, of, like, him half-heartedly trying to pursue her, but also, like, maybe another gentleman at the party um, decided to take interest in Kate, and, like, I kind of wanted to see a bit of jealousy from Anthony's side, but their choice was taken away from them, and they had to get married.
0: Maybe if um, he didn't say anything, like, she said, like, oh, you can you can – pursue my sister now but then he doesn't just he just doesn't say anything but in his head he's like I don't think that that's what I want anymore type yeah. of thing and then she doesn't know that so then maybe they go their separate ways and like someone courts her and he gets jealous like I could see that but internally I don't think at that point no matter what he was gonna continue per- pursuing Edwina like I think he had sort of unconsciously decided that that's not what he was gonna do
1: but he wasn't at that point which is why i think obviously they were forced to get married was he was never gonna let himself pursue a relationship with kate because of the feeling she evoked inside him like he was never gonna go choose kate himself because he could love her and he he knew that um and that's why the whole scandal and like forced to marry happened with the whole bee sting in the garden because no, there was no other way they would have gotten married, I think.
0: Yeah. And, like, afterwards, he's like, but you know what? This kind of works in my favor. Yeah. I'm not that bad. Yeah. So,
2: okay, so for me, that scene, are, are we already at the scene where the beasting and all that? Yeah. The beasting? Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I like that scene. But the situation yeah. where they were forced, like, after they were caught and everything, and they were forced into a marriage, I didn't like that. Because it kind of reminded me of the, I can't say the book, but the show. How they were caught and they were forced. So I kinda wanted Well, I mean that's that's historical romance across yeah. the board. Yeah. Like it's usually. just how things yeah. are. So I, I would, <laughs> personally just... I would have liked uh for their friendship to develop differently and not forced. Personal preference. But I guess historical romance, it, yeah. It doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I can see that. Um I just I just love it because he's like She's yeah. dying. <laughs> you I know, know what like he's like, no, no, she's dying right now. I couldn't now. even like, There's laugh no at that scene though,
1: because like I, like, he was so scared. It's so sad, but like but it was a little funny. funny, yeah. No, it was funny. Okay, so this is how I, I kind of like as you were talking about it, S. I kind of saw this happening. Like you know, the end of that chapter. You know, she decides to let him court Edwina, mm-hmm. and like they go their separate ways. Um, and then maybe some jealousy happens with another gentleman and then he kind of like in his head is like you know what i actually like i can't like be with anyone else and like they don't he doesn't talk about it he doesn't vocalize his desires or his wants or whatever um and then the compromise happens like a bee stings her tit again not again but like it happens yeah. afterwards and then they get it's not the even whole anywhere
0: near her boobs but yeah. yeah, it was on her
1: collarbone. But, like, I kind of wish we had that. Because, I like, we know that Anthony desired Kate. We knew that. But I kind of wanted to see him jealous. I don't know
0: why. Yeah. I just it's a trope I think he would have, like, hit out of the ballpark, you know? Isn't there, though, like, a scene where it literally says that he pushed someone out of the way in the ballroom to get to Kate? Well, yeah, but that was after they were he married. He literally, like, manhandled someone to death. That was after they were married. Yeah. Which, okay. Here's a question. How did you feel? Because I do feel that that's a little iffy. How do you feel about the fact that Kate was like, can we wait a week for the wedding night? And he was like, no, absolutely not. How did you feel about that? He was like, can you tell me one reason? Like one thing that you would do to prepare yourself during that week? And she was like, she couldn't tell She couldn't say anything. So, but, it I mean, just, I feel happened? like it
2: was kind of normal for him to
0: question because she wasn't giving an answer. Yeah, I mean, you would want to know. Yeah. I mean, he was like, I, you know, am allowed my husbandly rights.
1: Okay, so that was after she failed to say why she needed it and yeah. also... No, it was before, I think. No, it was, it? so what had happened was she's like, okay, I need a week. And then he's like, okay, can you tell me how you will prepare during this week? Like, I think he was contemplating or maybe he was entertaining her. um, And, like, she just didn't have an answer. And, like, I think at that point, like, obviously now you can't just be, like, or any, like, I mean, any gentleman would not ask you, wait, why do you need this week? And, like, what do you plan to do to prepare? Like, obviously that's not done. Like But it's historical romance. And I don't know. Okay, so where I'm going with that is um, I think he realized that it was just, like, from her fear and, like, her overthinking mind. That was causing her which to Which wouldn't this. help to wait, you know? Exactly. It would just, her fears would constantly, it would just build up higher and higher. And I think he knew that, which is why he's mm-hmm. like, no, I uh, I will not be denied my husbandly rights. And he knew that she expected that or, like, believed that that's how their marriage would go because that's how every marriage goes in that time is, like, the man gets the woman
2: <laughs> like, bodily,
1: you know? But um,
2: didn't he also, didn't he also question, like, um... He asked her, like, if something serious happened, like, if she was, like, raped or taken advantage of right? Yeah, he
0: He does get sort of worried that something might have happened to her, that a man might have done something. And he gets really, like, really scared. I (laughs) know. He's like, oh, my God. But no, nothing happened. She's just nervous. Yeah, so I was fine with the way it was handled. I mean, I'm fine with it, too, because I do think, like, at first, you're like, ooh, Antonia, you're being a little rough here. Like, be, you know, understanding that she has nerves and stuff but yeah. then he kind of turns it around where it's like okay you it makes sense <laughs> um but then it turns into their first time which i just love i think that their first time is really actually oh, sweet i love their Kate, first time yeah she's really insecure and it's actually quite a long scene like there's yeah. a lot of build-up before they actually do it because they talk and hey, they talked a lot stuff she sees this dick <laughs> she's like oh my god <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which makes me, you know, feel a type of way that Anthony is hung.
0: Yeah. Or she's never seen a dick before.
1: Okay, fine. <laughs>
0: Shut up, man. Do you have to kill it? I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just stating facts. Anyways, but it's really it's really sweet. Um, she at at one point, Anthony is like really enjoying himself, and he like he like throws his head back and like has his eyes closed he sounds and stuff. So hot. He's really into it, and uh, yeah, that moment. hmm And uh, Kate is like she stops. <laughs> she was like on the verge of climaxing because he says stops. you're so beautiful. Yeah, and and he says that, and and she's like, who are you t- thinking about? Are you picturing Edwina? Yeah. And it just breaks my heart. It broke my heart too. It breaks my heart. And then he has that great monologue where he's like... Okay, I have it. I have it.
1: I have it. Okay, okay. okay. So also one of my pet peeves with season one of Bridgerton
0: is this, but we'll talk about it after. They stole all of his lines. They stole his damn line. I was so pissed. And it's not, it's not just, I burn for you. I swear to God, when I reread it this time around, I, there was another line, an iconic line from Simon that I was like, that was Antony's. Do you know why? It's
1: because they didn't have any memorable, notable lines because they're bland and boring. That's why.
0: Do you know what Simon tells Daphne during their first time? My dick is hard. I'll be your blanket. (laughs) In the book? Ew. Ew. So that's why they had to steal a couple of um, Anthony's lines. They couldn't make up,
2: like, something else for... I'll be
0: your blanket just wasn't going to work. Yeah, no. Anyways, so what does he say? Okay,
1: okay, okay. So Anthony, in the midst of his arousal, you know, all of that, he tells Kate after she's like, who are you picturing? He's like, listen to me, he he said, his voice even and intense, and listen well because I'm only going to say this once. I desire you. I burn for you. I can't sleep at night for wanting you. Even when I didn't like you, I lusted for you. It's the most maddening, beguiling, damnable thing, but there it is. And if I hear one word, one more word of nonsense from your lips, I'm going to have to tie you to the bloody bed and have my way with you a hundred different ways until you finally get it through your silly skull that you are, you are the most beautiful and desirable woman in England. And if everyone else doesn't see that, then they are all bloody fools.
2: Why would they do that? Why would they take that "I burn for you" line for? Yeah, I know. Because that's. I mean, really... like I said,
0: because Simon was not skilled mm. in that department. I mean, they made it work. I'm sure they'll they'll give him something else. Yeah, but I kind of want all of, like
1: this whole monologue needs to be in it. But I feel like they gave Simon his a different monologue that kind of worked for him because he didn't have any like mm. sort of declaration. No, like it that.
0: worked. It worked for Daphne and Simon with what they went with in the in the yeah. show i mean i just i really really hope that they keep um i was gonna say simone's <laughs> that they keep kate's um you know insecurities yeah because it's because like, a big part in
1: their relationship
0: yeah and i i, I think that that's like a, a a cool way of representing it of like her seeing this man that's like really you know having pleasure and like enjoying the act and thinking like that couldn't, like, I couldn't be the reason why he's feeling that way, right? Plus, like, it has to be said that her stepmom told her that a man can get his pleasure pretty much anywhere before, so she was like, clearly it's not me. It couldn't be. Okay, but can I just say, I,
1: I really respected Mary in the sense where she actually gave Kate a talk. She gave her the sex talk, whereas poor Daphne did not get that from her own mother, and I really want... Mary and Kate's sex talk to be included in the show just to show the difference between Violet yeah, and Daphne's yes. and like how it's it mean. isn't the same for every woman of the time because I feel like that was very much da- like Daphne's story of not being educated enough in you know the m- sexual marriage bed whatever Um and like it wasn't the case for Kate because she had her own struggles and I kind of yeah, I just, I want it. I want Mary and Kate. But also stuff.
0: how much of a, like, it's an important responsibility. And and like you said, it'd be interesting to show how, well, one mother doesn't do it and looks, look what happens. Yeah. How dangerous that can be to keep people ignorant that way. And then look at Kate, who does get the talk and has a very healthy sexual relationship yeah. with her husband. Yeah. Like, It's possible, but it's important for them to not be kept ignorant. Yeah,
1: because Mary said she had wished her own mother had given her the talk the first time she got married, because she said it was, like, she didn't go into detail, but you can tell it was not a good experience. And I really liked that she took her own experience and her own history and, like, decided to educate her daughters on what she should have been educated on.
0: And then, um, let me see. Oh, yeah, so following this... Um, you know, a couple of stuff happens. And then you have that scene that you were talking about where um, Kate has another nightmare where essentially she's, you know, goes back to being like three and calls out to her mom. Yeah. And Anthony's like, what the hell? She sounds so young, blah, blah, blah. And then the next morning he's like, you should probably ask your stepmom about this. Because um, I do think there's more to it. And she does. And um, she kind of, feels afterwards like she's found a missing piece of herself and she she's like I I feel really optimistic I feel like next time that there's a storm I'll you know have a better understanding of why I feel the way I mm-hmm. feel and etc and and she feels like it's a you know it's a new day for her essentially and you have that moment for Anthony where he's sort of jealous no he's jealous um, he says he's jealous <laughs> he he is but I actually like that moment for him yeah. because I do think it's very human yeah of, of him to be like yeah you see someone who has similar issues as you and you see that they are able to move past it and you're like why can't I you mm-hmm. know yeah. and I think it's very normal to get frustrated yep um and and to be like I want that but at the same time, at that point in the story, he's not doing his own um, soul searching in order to get there. No. You know, like, he's kind of just frustrated like, because she got over it and I can't. Yeah. You know? And it
1: wasn't easy for Kate. We knew that. No. He knows that. It wasn't no. easy. But it's just, like, him wanting to be over his own trauma and his own, you know, fears and not being able to is, like, it's really rubbing him the wrong way. And, it like, it's sad. I felt so bad for him during that scene.
0: And then he has that whole moment where I don't even remember what they're talking about. But he, you know, gets mad mostly at himself. Yeah. And then he leaves and he's like, I'll see you when I'll see you. Well,
1: I think it was more because she, okay, what had happened was they had some kick-ass amazing sex and then um, they're cuddling in bed, and he's like, "Shit, I'm so happy." And then she's like, "I want this always and forever." And like those words are triggering for him because he doesn't think he will have forever yeah, with her. He doesn't right. think he'll have an always yeah. with her. And like he literally runs out of the room like he's seen a ghost. And like it's just like all of his fears are just bombarding him again, and like his traumas are just like there. And he's, and he's realized
0: it. he's in love with her at that point. Yeah, he like hasn't, he, he hasn't says hasn't so, said so, right? And he's but he hasn't confessed. No, he it. he hasn't told her. But he, he, he in his head he's like, I'm in love with her. Actually, um, yeah. So I think it's like all a little bit too much for him yeah. in that moment, and he runs away because he's like, forever is like eight to nine years for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I do think that some people could think of this as like a ridiculous fear, but I I completely disagree. Um. I actually like have something similar well I mean I've had something similar in the past where um, something happened to me and because of that I had a phobia of dying like I was every night when I went to bed it was completely unrelated to what happened but it just it's how it manifested in me I guess Mm -hmm. Um, but every night i was convinced that i was gonna die my gosh because i was having panic attacks and if you have panic attacks yeah. and you don't know what panic attacks are you will think you're dying yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and i just so relate to him in the sense that like i had that conviction in me and yet i i wasn't using my time to like tell my family i loved them or tell my family about what was going no. on or anything it was like i don't know Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just, I get him on that front. I I get I just, I don't think it's a ridiculous or... No. And and I do think there's, like, an author note at the end where Julia Quinn sort of explains the bond between father and son and how this actually is a thing. No, it is.
1: No, I was going to say, so, past Sephra, past bitchy Sephra, we don't know her. Um,
0: (laughs) We love her, though.
1: (laughs) I remember thinking his fear was stupid and I was like and reading the second time around I was like man Safra, how did you not read the book like what were you reading Um, and like I my heart went out for Anthony because like it's such a common fear and like yeah. you know knock on wood I am so grateful that I have both my parents and they're both alive and they're both healthy um, but just the idea of, like, my parents dying and, like, leaving me, like, it's a real fear, like, it's scary, and, like, imagine having one of your parents dying at a young age, and, like, I don't know, I and just something like it's Something
0: stupid f- that people, society doesn't understand yet. Yeah, yeah, you would be like, what the hell?
1: It's scary. You just drop dead? Yeah, and it's, like, sure, yeah, the way he died, you know, it was, it was sad, but, like, just the idea of like a child having, he was 18 when his dad died, just the idea of like his, like his dad dying at such a young age. And Kate even mentions it, like you need your father the most at that point, you know, you're growing into a man, like you are becoming an adult and you don't have your, your role model, your, your model of what a man should be. You don't have that. And it's just like, it's so scary. And like that fear is such a real fear for a lot of people um, that lose their parents really young. And I really liked that this book dealt with it, and I felt like it was such a real fear for people to have.
0: Especially in that time period, because nowadays it's like, yeah, sure, boys are close to their dads, whatever, but not necessarily nowadays, you know what I mean? Like, we don't, we're not, like, we don't think of our parents as like, here's what a man should be, or Mm -hmm. here's what a woman should be. But back then, the boys were thrust upon their fathers, like, teach them how to be, Yeah. And the, the, the girls were with their mothers. Yeah. And so in that case, Edmund and Violet n- were never that way. No. Like it specifically says in the prologue that like Edmund was all about his kids and he didn't care. He wasn't like, you know, he didn't treat the girls differently. But I still think that it's like for Antony, it was like his whole world was his father. Yeah, He, he thought of him. He was putting him on a pedestal because Edmund was a great man. And he was like, I'll never achieve anything that this man has achieved because I'll never be good enough. I'll never be good as good or better. Was, wasn't there a scene in, in the show where it's Anthony and
2: um, Simon, they're at that little club drinking and they're both have, they both have issues. And Simon says something that triggers him something about his dad, right? Or,
0: uh, he says something like do you think your father looks down on you and is proud of what you've done Yeah, that, and Anthony loses it
2: so I'm thinking
0: back yeah. to like
2: the show and then how he's dealing with his fear and with his um, struggle and you know so it's- yeah because like Simon and him did have such different
1: childhood and different like upbringings and yeah I mean like Anthony wasn't really being a stand up man and book one, or, like, I guess season one. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I kind of want to go back and watch his scenes from season one. Just Anthony's scenes. Um, and just, like, watch him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just watch him? Yeah. Just um, watch him. <laughs> that's, that's uh, but, yeah, it definitely shows, like, two portrayals of fatherhood. Yeah. And how wrong it can go, or how great it can go, but it can still end terribly. Because of how great it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just I think it's interesting. Like Anthony and, and and Simon are kind of foils in that sense. Like they both became similar, but for completely different reasons. Yeah. Um But they're all they're both gonna be great dads. Because, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, and I think so like this kind of goes for me like into like the monster of the story, which I don't know if we're getting into okay. yet. Uh sure. No, but we kinda already talked about it, how like we like Anthony let his grief and his past shape his whole life. Like he shaped his life around the idea of his death occurring at 38 or younger um, and never living up to his father. And that made him not want to fall in love and not actually have a substantial relationship with anyone else. And like it caused him to not live his life to the fullest until he realized, you know what? I need to live every moment. Like it's my last. And Kate even tells him like, you got to live every moment and just live in the moment and accept that life could end at any point like you could die tomorrow i could die tomorrow and like she kind of almost does when like the carriage falls on her and like loved that scene by the way and it's just
0: like he has to (laughs) wait wait what when she's stuck under the carriage and she's just like cursing up a storm and anthony is like howling at the moon like it was supposed to be me Yeah. (laughs) and kate is just can you just get me out (laughs) i just love her sass yeah, no, I loved it. And then she sees her and leg, and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it didn't hurt until I saw it. She kind of broke her foot. I mean, her leg, and I felt so bad. Yeah. But that
1: scene also needs to be in it. Like, that intensity oh, needs I, to be. It will be. I really think it will be. Because, yeah. like, drama. Yeah, we need drama. It, we love you know? it. Um. Yeah. But, yeah, Um. so, yeah, just, like, living life to your fullest. And I love that he did eventually overcome his monster. But, like, it was something he needed to do himself, and he did recognize that it's something he needed to do himself. He needed to live up to the age of 38 and surpass that as well. And that's the only way he would put that behind him.
0: I actually don't think he fully overcame it in the sense that in the epilogue, which I love the epilogue, just because um, essentially it takes place on the ninth, uh, the nine, uh, well, the well, night of his 39th birthday. Yeah. That was a mouthful. Yeah. Um, and... I just love it because essentially, well, first off, the book finishes and, and Kate is like, you don't have to get past it. Because he's like, I don't know how to get past it. Yeah. And she's like, you don't have to get past no. it. You just have to not let it control your life, exactly. which is what he had been doing. You know, like you don't really get over phobia. No. If you do, great. But if you don't, you just have to learn to live with it without it becoming your whole life. Yeah. Um, so I do love that he was like, okay. And then they lived nine years where you it, it was probably a, a, a fear of his once in a while oh, but yeah. he'd never let it over you know overtake his whole life mm-hmm. and then on the ninth of the night of his 39th birthday why is that such a mouthful I don't understand they have this really beautiful moment I just love how they're waiting in silence yeah. for the clock yeah to turn midnight and then he decides to ring in his birthday with some birthday six. well yes he does but I just love how sweet that is like it's just it's it's silent they're just together waiting for it and it's like for him it's like a he can take a
1: breath yeah no and like um like we've talked about Anthony respecting her fears and traumas and not belittling them and I think Kate also did such a good job of not just a good job but she was like she accepted his fears and she recognized them and also respected them and she knew that yeah, some people might think these are ridiculous fears to have, but you know what? I'm standing by you like it's your own fear, it's valid, it's recognized. And like, yeah, I stand by you and we're going to sit here in silence until you know your birthday comes to pass. Um, so yeah. I love I love their relationship, okay? I just thought they were really well
0: done. I agree. What about US? No. Yeah, I agree.
2: But I will say for Kate, I feel like her monster was at least how I saw it, she kept putting herself down. And like, you know, belittling herself and kind of, she just, it seemed like she felt like she wasn't as great as her sister. And I really hated that for And it's sad. For me, I
1: kind of said society was her monster because they're the ones that put that mindset into her head. You know, she somehow felt lesser than Edwina because they kept saying that she wasn't beautiful or because like she was always the one that like got looked at second. And like society was kind of the one that put that on her. But then Kate also internalized it, like you said, and, like, it caused her to doubt herself a lot and doubt her relationship with Anthony a lot.
0: Uh, Yeah, I just have a quote. Um, It's Kate, and she says, She was acting foolishly, a prison of her own insecurities. Insecurities she hadn't even known she possessed until she'd met Anthony all her all her life she'd been the one who'd received the second glance the second greeting the second kiss on the hand as the elder daughter it should have been her due to be addressed before her younger sister but edwina's beauty was so stunning that uh, the pure and perfect blue of her eyes so startling uh, that people simply forgot themselves in her presence and it's like forgot that kate was there to begin with that's so sad uh, yeah and and I just, I mean, obviously, I was going to say, like, I just love that Antony was like, you're the most beautiful. But, like, Roman's hero, you know? (laughs) Like, like, is that
1: surprising? (laughs) I think this book was realistic in the sense where, like, um, Anthony kind of remarked upon Kate not being as beautiful at the beginning when they first met. He said that she was, quote, too much of this or too much of that or too much of that. And, like, I kind of liked that in the sense where, like, Kate she wasn't conventionally beautiful and I think we should accept that but she was beautiful in her own way and like Anthony as he fell in love with her recognized her beauty and like grew to like see her as the most beautiful woman which she was like she honestly her personality was just beautiful I loved Kate but
0: but, yeah, that's, like, so realistic because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, like, it's happened to me where I was like, oh, I don't, like, this guy's not that hot. And then, you know, fast forward a year and I see him again and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why is you so hot, though? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. happens. Sometimes you're like, eh, and then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. So, you know, real, realistic in that way. Yeah. Um, another thing because you said like society is a monster um a small thing that i wanted to address was the fact that um so after they announced their wedding but before the wedding uh there's like a week and um i just hate hate that anthony can just go on and live his life but kate is receiving like insults people are talking behind her back people are coming to call on her and like saying really mean things like they're awful how did you how did you manage it blah 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 like and it just goes to show how like the man can just do whatever and all of it falls onto to the woman yeah. in this case and like she's the one that has to plus like it's even more hurtful for her because she already has all those insecurities like she doesn't need to be told like how did you manage a man like that when you look like that you know, know what I mean like it's awful and i hated every single second of it
2: but wasn't there like a, a scene too where she was just kind of like like whatever about it like later on where i think, I think it was her and Adina. i think for
1: her she kind of has to be whatever about it because they're so toxic and because they constantly come for her throat and like she like it's never not mentioned that she's not as beautiful as Edwina. and i think it's because yes it's in her head it's in her perspective but I also feel like other people go out of their way to tell her that or like go out of the way to sh- portray that she isn't as beautiful as her sister so I think as a person you kind of have to desensitize yourself from it and like it still bugs her which is why she mentions it but you kind of just not uh, need to let it slide off your back
0: yeah and and another small thing was um another quote but this one is about uh her fear of storms and her sort of Uh, diving into that she says she wanted to understand why she was so afraid of the storms but prying into one's deepest fears was almost as terrifying as the fear itself what if she discovered something she didn't want to know and I just think that that applies to literally every book we read like it's just there like every character when we talk about the monster like most of the time they have to have that courage to overcome said thing or like look inward and and realize that this is an issue that they need to change um because yeah like what if you find something that you know is scarier and I, I think that that's the fear most of the time it's like can I live with it yeah maybe not so I'm I better just stay as I am even though I'm you know unhappy do you mean like in the sense of like investigating more like um,
2: and then finding something that that you don't like, so, yeah, okay. That that's for me. That's a big fear of mine personally, of yeah. knowing that there's something there. Yeah, I mean, and it's totally
0: normal. Yeah. So 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 I like that because it's like, yeah, maybe you don't want to investigate your fear because like you know yeah yeah, what if and and in her case it it was like a traumatic um memory, but it turned out fine because for her. And this is kind of also, like, the moral of the story. It's like, (laughs) at the end of the day, yes, it was a traumatic memory, but she's happy she knows because now she can actually identify why she has that fear, Mm -hmm. which the not knowing doesn't make it any better in the end. All right. uh, This is where we're going to end this episode of Ruin's in the Monsters on The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julie Quinn. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know what we're reading next week, you can find us on social media. Um, on Instagram, we are Romance and the Monsters podcast. On TikTok, we are Romance and the Monsters Pod. And on Twitter, we are Romance. No, we are the R T M Pod. <laughs> Um, and then you can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me, S, on both Instagram and Twitter at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on
1: both Instagram and Twitter at Poes and Foes. So if you liked this episode, um, please feel free to... <laughs> yes, please feel free to do exactly that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> What that translates to is, um, (laughs) please feel free to leave us a like, a review, or just any comments that you have about this episode, or any episodes in the past as well. We just want to hear from you. They just mean a lot to us, so that's what that translates to.
0: I just, I just love that you slipped into your alien language for a minute. <laughs> well, I've been practicing for my alien husband. <laughs> on Duolingo? On Duolingo, yeah. you've been yeah. practicing your Yeah, you really added an alien yeah. language,
1: right? And I'm You're kidding! It. I
0: know. I mean, I know. I would know. Yeah. We've all been practicing that. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we haven't said bye yet, so bye. bye. <laughs> bye. See ya. <laughs>